0: This is Ryan and Michelle, and welcome to the Celebrate Marriage cast, where we hope to restore and reclaim godly marriages through honest and real conversations.
1: Welcome to episode 10. Oh my gosh, Ryan, 10 episodes. And today, like Ryan said, we are Ryan and Michelle, and we have a special guest with us. It's so good to be together. Welcome to our listeners. And we are honored to have Gayla Grace with Family Life Blended with us on our show today, Gayla serves on staff with Family Life Blended, a division of Family Life. I'm sure that most of our listeners have heard of that. She's also a writer and a speaker. She is passionate about encouraging and equipping blended families as a result of her own journey. She holds a master's degree in psychology and counseling and is the author of Step Parenting with Grace, devotional for blended families. She's also the co-author of Quiet Moments for the Step Mom." Stole. Gail and her husband, Randy, have been married for 28 years in a his, hers, and ours family and share five children together. They are recent empty nesters and often refer to their new season as the promised land. Gail, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, we're so happy to have you, Gala. And this is uh, it's great technology that we can connect with you. I think
2: you're in the South. We are. I'm in Arkansas. Uh, yes, family right. life is ba- great. Right. Yeah, we're out of Little Rock, so that's where I'm coming from. Perfect. Probably warmer there than than South Dakota. <laughs> so yes, great to be together. Sh- <laughs> yes. No, we're we're not. I mean, we're kind of cold at night, but in the daytime, it was probably 60 degrees today, so we're good. Nice, Love it, <laughs> nice,
0: well, Gayla, we're so happy to have you just to to really dive into a topic of blended families mm-hmm. and the the impact that that can have on marriages it's It's a really important conversation that maybe doesn't get had a lot, and so we're super excited to to have you and to to dig into this you know and and I guarantee just for people listening, you know maybe you don't have a blended family, but I guarantee you know someone that does yeah
2: right. And
0: and to to have you come on and be encouragement and be light to to people and to to share your experience, we're we're just super excited to have you and to kind of maybe just start off. Could you tell us a little bit about kind of what you're doing at Family Life and Family Life Blended, what it is and and what what you're really hoping to you know, to to achieve?
2: Yeah, so Family Life is all about ministering to families and marriages and Family Life Blended is a division within Family Life and we focus strictly on equipping and encouraging blended families. We really want to help provide biblically based resources that can help and can strengthen step families and can prevent redivorce and that is what i do um, just in a different ways. You know, we have several events that we do a year. I'm host of a women and blended families live stream that takes place the second Tuesday of every month on our family live blended Facebook page. So there's a variety of things that I contributed to at family live blended as we work to strengthen step families.
0: That's so great. Awesome. And maybe Gayla, just give our listeners uh, an insight as to why this is, you know, when in, in your, in your book, you, you reference this as your calling um, and, and maybe just share your story of, of why this is such a, a passionate topic for you.
2: For me, I didn't grow up in a blended family. I grew up in a traditional home. So when my husband and I married, I had walked through divorce. I had two young girls. My girls were three and five. My husband had also walked through divorce. His kids were five and ten, and we both had custody of our kids. So we immediately went from two kids to four overnight, and then we had a child together six years later. And it was chaotic for me in the beginning. It was confusing. It was Hard and a lot of it was just I didn't understand step family life, and so sure. for me now, I want to really help couples understand what step family life looks like and things that are going on in your home that you may feel like, Oh, I, we're doing everything wrong, we are failing. Oftentimes, that's really not the case, it's just mm-hmm. typical blended family dynamics, and so if for instance, you didn't grow up or you're not that acquainted with blended family life, it's really hard in the beginning because you you don't know what to expect. And so everything feels like you're failing. And so that's a lot of what I want to do is to try to provide hope. When a step couples, especially, might be in hard seasons and feel like, is this ever really going to get any better? And I just want to say, yes, hang yeah. on, trust God, find some tools, begin to understand step family life, get around other step couples, and you can find answers and you can find hope for your journey, no matter where you're at in the middle of it. But that's really where my heart is because our first years were really hard. You know, research shows that it takes step family five to seven years for relationships to integrate. That wow. sounds like a wow. really long time. And it can be. And it doesn't mean that we don't have any joy or that we don't have any contentment during those years. That's not the case. But it does mean that we might not really feel like a family. We might feel more mm-hmm. like we've got us and our kids and and, you know, maybe if the spouse also has kids, sometimes we camp out in two different camps because that's all we know is how to do life with our biological kids. And so it just is a matter of understanding more, though, about step family life and um and what it's going to look like as you can move through these different stages of step family life that happen, yeah, sure,
0: absolutely. So. I, I mean, I I I love like five to seven years. That's a I, long time. I, that, huh? It is a long time, and I, I think maybe there's there's expectations that that come along. Are, well,
2: are, I think that's one of the biggest ones. So we have to recognize that our kids are at least a year behind us emotionally. Mm. We walk into remarriage, or even if it's our first marriage, but we're, we're walking into a, a, a blended family marriage, we have high hopes. We are excited. I know for me, because I had walked through divorce, I was looking forward to a second chance at marriage. And sure. I was excited. I had no idea. I love kids. Okay, let's take on two more, <laughs> you know? I sure. mean, that's no big deal. It was a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) And so I really had to learn to manage my expectations and understand that it might take a while before the relationships with my stepkids really feel like family. And the downside, if you've walked through divorce, is if it gets super hard, it's easy to begin to think, you know what, I've been through divorce once, I've been a single parent, I know what this feels like, and honestly, it feels easier than what I'm doing now. And so there's some real danger if we begin to feel this hopelessness and helplessness in our blended family of going back. And, and we don't want to do that. You know, We want yeah. to really find the tools to make blended family life work even if it means you got to develop some patience and some tolerance and uh, just a lot of attributes to to go with as as we're going through this journey but right. 5 to 7 years does sound like a long time and sometimes i really hesitate to say that but i don't want people to think that that means there's going to be horrible years because they're not yeah. Yeah. they're just integration years And so if we manage our expectations, they can still be good years. We can still find joy in the midst of whatever our situation is, even during those integration
1: years. Yeah. Sure. Gaila, did you have an example of a blender and a crock pot? Would you share that? (laughs) So
2: if you think about using a blender, so for instance, I make a smoothie almost every morning in a blender, and everything just all blends in together, right? So Individual pieces when they go into a blender are no longer individual pieces. They just all get meshed up in there together. Sure. But if you think about how when you cook in a crock pot and you have a bunch of different ingredients in there and you have to mm-hmm. cook slowly and in time, different ingredients in a crock pot will cook at whatever, mm-hmm. however long it takes them. So, it, yeah. you know, some of them it takes longer than others. So if you think about your blended family as a crock pot and the individual members in that Crock-Pot. Some of them take longer than others for relationships to form, but they get to maintain who they are, their individuality. They're not just being all mushed up like what happens in a blender. So we really like to say that in Step Family Life, you want to come together just as you do in a Crock-Pot. The slower, the better for yeah. blended family life, we cannot rush family relationships coming together. And the other mistake that is a very common mistake in blended families is for the step parent to come in and begin to be a disciplinarian too soon with the stepchildren. And we really—I love the phrase— Connect before you correct. Yeah. We really want to be careful that we are connecting with our stepchildren before we step in and try to be this disciplinarian. And so in the beginning years, you really want the biological parent to be the one who is doing the correcting with their children until there is a good, solid relationship that's established with between the stepchild and the stepparent.
1: Yeah. That's really uh, good. I feel like we took a parenting class about connecting before correcting. Yeah. Maybe it was through family life, yeah. but that was, that's been such gold advice for us. Yeah. And because Absolutely. in the heat of the moment, you can't, nothing's going to get done. So you really have to connect on that heart level and then correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so good.
1: But that, that crock pot analogy, just to go back to that, that's really great, gala. That's such a great analogy for listeners to keep in mind that it's just slow, low and slow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and all of the personalities coming together. I mean that's yeah.
1: carrots and potatoes and
2: the <laughs> <Right>. beef and <laughs> Right. And also think about the different ages of kids. So when sure. you have stepchildren, I mean not I mean when you have older children, so for instance you have teenagers they're going to be slower to really want to integrate. I mean, the natural life cycle for kids is that as they get older, we're trying to teach them how to do life as an adult. So they're preparing for life outside the family. So they're just not quite as motivated to build relationships within a family. Yeah. But those younger kids are very dependent on us. They know they're dependent on us. And so they are much more willing to focus on relationships and to be a part of what the family does, family dynamics. And so those relationships oftentimes form faster. And we have to have Less expectations with our teenagers, um, especially those who come in and are forming a relationship with a step-parent. We just need to be careful that we are patient and that we really work to be a friend more than a disciplinarian with a teenager as, sure. as the step-parent. Now, they, they yeah. still got to have that bio-parent who is being the disciplinarian, but the step-parent really wants to come in more as a friend in the beginning, especially with teenagers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as, you know, if 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 we look at as a, you know, this this beginning relationship, you know, you you have, you know, and maybe you can speak to this for personally, you know, what what in the beginning are some maybe some blind spots or something that people miss or try to to rush that will have an impact later on as they're trying to develop this?
2: Well, I tell you one that took us completely off guard and it had to do with birth order changes. So for us because my husband and I both brought two kids into the family, my oldest daughter became a middle daughter because wow. my sure. my husband's had two children and one of his oldest one was 10. Okay? My oldest was 5. And yet, when this family comes together, she's still an older sister to my younger daughter, but now she's a younger sibling to her older stepsister. Well, that did not go over so Mm. well with my daughter. She wanted to be the bossy older sister. Ah. And so we could not figure out why there was so much tension between these two girls. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that my daughter had really lost her birth order as an older, as an older child. So not every home is going to experience that, but some homes are. And just be aware of that and, and just how that can impact your family.
1: Wow, I think that's something that is so probably overlooked or not. Like, I, I didn't even think about that. The birth order changed, and that's a really big deal for a family dynamic.
2: Right, it can be. Uh, not everybody experiences it, but certainly those families who bring kids in from both sides can experience it and just need to be aware of it. But another one, when I think about blind spots, I would say is grief. I think that we oftentimes don't realize that, especially with our kids, they might still be grieving the fact that mom and dad are no longer together, or sure. that if one of the if one of the parents died, then there may they may not be ready to have a sure. new parent step in and try to take the place of of their biological parents. So, kids will express their emotions differently. Though we might see anger. Or, you know, we might see mad and it's really sad. And so we just always want to be aware when we're seeing emotions in our kids that we just try to get them to talk about it and maybe just say, Johnny, uh, you seem like you're kind of sad today. Do you have something that you want to talk about? Are you missing your mom or whatever you think might be the case? We want to always help our kids know that they are free to talk to us about whatever their feelings are. And we're not going to judge them. We're not going to shame them. We're just going to try to to walk beside them and help them understand how to process those feelings. But grief is a big one and grief can continue to show up. So let's say that you marry and your kids are younger and they kind of work around that piece, but then they become, say they begin to date and dad isn't around, but it is a a boy who would like to talk to his dad. And so then he begins to process the grief piece all over again. He may have a stepdad, but it's just not the same if the biological dad is no longer there, not in the picture, past, whatever. So we just have to recognize that grief can continue to show up at milestones and be aware that, again, when our kids start showing emotions, then we want to look behind the behavior to really what is going on in that kid's heart.
1: Sure. Sure. That goes back to that connecting again, yes. right? Connecting on the heart level. Yeah. That's so good. Gayla, as we are coming into Christmas time here, I think emotions certainly are probably a really big factor. And some of those, as the holidays approach, probably trigger a lot of things for kids. So mm-hmm. what are your tips coming into Christmas time for a blended family? Can you give us some advice?
2: yeah, so my husband and I married in October, the year that we married. and so we just went headstrong into <laughs> Wait the <for> holidays and <laughs> It just seemed like there was so much chaos. I didn't know how to manage this schedule. And so I think for one, I would say be flexible. Know that you want to try to plan as far, in, as far out in advance as you can. So especially if there is a former spouse in the picture, have those conversations early so that you can begin to talk about what is the visitation schedule going to look around. Maybe it isn't a divorce decree, but oftentimes we want to be flexible depending on what's going on with family. So try to co-parent well. Try to be flexible with a former spouse and and arrange the schedule with the kids' needs in mind. That's one of the biggest things is too often we are only thinking about the adults, but we've got to think about how is this going to affect my child and really what is best for them. So try to keep that on the forefront as you're making decisions about holidays, but then also manage your expectations. If one day doesn't go so well, it doesn't mean the whole holiday season is blown. Just take it a day at a time. Pick yourself up. If you've, if it was a bad day as a blended family, it doesn't have to wreck the whole holiday season. Just ask God for help and pick yourself up and start again and do the best you can. Don't get stuck in self condemnation or feeling like I'm never going to get this right. Just. Start again. Give yourself grace and then also give other people around you grace. Grace is a big one. I obviously, my last name is Grace now. That is a married name. But sometimes I think God. Put me in a step family with the last name of Grace because I need to be sure that I'm offering people grace. My husband, my stepkids, my kids, my former spouse, myself, my new in-laws. There's so many people. And if we are carrying around grudges or hard feelings, you know, we're never gonna build solid, healthy relationships. So we just want to remember. God has offered us a lot of grace and it wasn't necessarily deserved. And so regardless of whether we think these other people in our family deserve grace, we are called to offer grace to those around us. So that's another yeah. big one, in my opinion, as we walk through the holidays.
1: Yeah. Gayle, I was listening to another um, podcast. I think it was the Family Life Blended podcast. And you had said in one of the episodes about um, the different feelings that sadness and joy and sadness can coexist. And mm. I think talking to some of my blended family friends, they said, you know, it's hard for the adults to accept that kids might be sad because the parents, the new parent might do all this work and presence and tree and all this stuff. Like, can you talk about just that management of expectations that maybe the, the parents should have in mind and like how to, how to work with the the kids and like why why is there sadness at such a happy time of the year?
2: Well, for one, if it's a person who has lost a spouse previously and so they're walking into the holiday, even though they are remarried, it's hard to not think about how life used to be. And the truth is, life is simpler in a traditional family. The the dynamics of blended families create complex circumstances and complex emotions. And so sometimes it's easier to just start thinking about, it was easier the way it used to be. And Mm -hmm. then you think about a child who might be remembering what Christmas was like when he woke up on Christmas morning, and it was mom and dad. It was his two biological parents there. And it's not like that anymore, whether it was from divorce or from the death of a parent. And so it's natural that that child's going to have a tinge of sadness that he would just assume it was the way it used to be. And so I think it doesn't mean that that sadness has to put a damper on the whole day. And that's where we can hold joy about our new family, our new circumstances, the fact that we have a God who can give us joy even on days where we may not be feeling it, but also recognize that it's okay to still hold some grief in our heart. It's okay if for a moment, maybe we even have a tearful moment because of that grief. But sure. we can also al- allow it to just hold both joy and grief in our hands.
1: Sure. So they may be, let's say, for example, I'm just trying to think of this point out in real life. Like maybe they're sitting around the tree and the kid's really happy. And then all of a sudden that like grief hits them as they mm-hmm. have a flashback to like their previous family life. Right. Would that be like an appropriate example? Yes. And just like holding space for that, like knowing that they can be happy, but that might also trigger sadness. And those might be... Present in the same moment.
2: Yeah. And it may be a situation where the child doesn't want to talk about it in front of the whole family. So the biological parent maybe just whispers in their ear Hey, do you want to take a minute? Do you want to come into the kitchen and let's have some hot chocolate? Take them in there and just see if they need to try to process their emotions with you right at that moment because we don't want to ignore it. We want yeah. our kids to know that we see their feelings, but at the same time, it might be, especially in the early years, too early for them to want to be vulnerable in front of the whole family. So that's when the biological parent needs to come alongside them and say, Hey, let's come in here in the kitchen a minute. Let's um let's see if maybe we can let's get a cookie and do you want to talk about I I noticed you're feeling a little sad. And yeah. Just let the whole family know that you're going to be flexible for whatever feelings somebody is is feeling um, because it's important to acknowledge those and to talk about them.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great. I feel like um, as we read Sub-Parenting with Grace, your devotional, that was kind of the underlying current of it was just this attitude and posture of like humility, grace, patience, like really trying to just step into their shoes and think about it from their perspective. So I love mm-hmm. that. Just having that moment aside with their biological parent and just giving them that, that space to kind of feel yeah. the feelings. And,
2: and the other thing I want to say is it doesn't necessarily come naturally. I sure. can't tell you how much I've prayed for wisdom mm-hmm. because I didn't know how to be a stepmom. I didn't know how to be a wife to my husband and a blended family. But, you know, James 1, 5 tells us that God wants to give us wisdom if we ask. And so in the heat of a moment, you might have to just take a second and say, God, I need wisdom here. I'm not sure how to handle this situation. And I do think that God will will give us wisdom as to what to do. And so I always want to encourage people— we need the Holy Spirit to help us on this journey. It's We are not meant to live this out by <laughs> yeah. ourselves. We will get it wrong. And so be sure that you are asking for help on days that you're struggling.
0: Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. Obviously, Gaila, th- this is a huge topic, and there's a lot of areas that that we can we can d- discuss. That that we could go, you know, just may- maybe a quick pivot here, just real quickly. What are the challenges you see between a husband and wife? You know that that as as the marriage comes, that you know you you said you had two kids, your husband has two kids. Uh, what you know, what challenges are are there? just in the marriage relationship, and and what advice would you give?
2: The biggest challenge is the one who brought kids into the marriage, and if it's both of you, then you're both going through this, that these kids predate the marriage. So you have a longer history with these kids than you do with your new spouse. So it's very natural that when there is tension or there are things that you disagree with, and if it has to do with the kids, that you err on the side of your kids because maybe you are carrying some guilt if you walked through divorce or if they're, they've had a parent who's passed away. And so it's easy for you to think, well, you're the adult. You just need to be the adult here, and you err on the side of the kids. And the reality is we want to form unity As a couple, we want to be able to parent and be a unified front. And what that means is we have to consider the marriage first. Now, it doesn't mean we aren't going to recognize the emotions. We've had a lot of conversation about that already. And we do want to be sure that we are in step with what's going on with our kids, but we also want to make sure that we are unified as a couple and we're not letting the fact that these kids predated the marriage. And so if something is something goes bad, I'm going to just always side with my kids. Well, you're really not doing them any favors and you're sure not sure. doing your marriage any favors by, by going that road. So um, it's just really a matter of be sure that you try to get on the same page as a couple. Now, if... There's a parenting situation and you see something happening that you don't agree with. I would say let it play out. And then you go have a conversation in the bedroom outside of the ears of those kids and you talk about it. And then maybe next time or, you know, maybe you go back and need to do something different. But You don't want to argue in front of the kids. You don't want them to see that you disagree about how to parent because, let me tell you, kids (laughs) can figure out how to get in between a couple. Mm -hmm. And as they get older, they can figure out how to manipulate. And it's very dangerous in blended families. And so that's where if you have a united front as a couple, then it can make a big difference. But that's the biggest one, really, is somebody's going to come in and have kids who have predated the marriage. Now, the other thing is, Let's say that you have someone who's come in and they didn't have kids. So for instance, it's a stepmom and she doesn't have kids of her own. She wants to have kids, but now she has to walk in and she didn't get to experience any of these firsts, okay? So her husband has already had a first child. He's walked through his previous wife's pregnancy. There's been lots of firsts that she feels like she missed out on. Even if sure. they do end up having an hour's child together, she's going to experience some grief. Because for him, he's gone through this before with somebody else. And then even when they have a child together, she's it's her first. And so, you know, when you're a new mom, you're really insecure. Well, maybe dad, he's kind of got this figured out. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't help her insecurity. So, again, you've got different dynamics that kind of set you up to have a little bit of tension in a step-couple relationship. So, you just want to be aware of it. You want to be sure that you're talking to each other about their feelings and what happened, and I can see that was hard for you. Sometimes it's just a matter of acknowledging somebody's feelings. You might not be able to fix the situation, but you can at least say, Man, I can understand how that's
1: hard for you, and I'm sorry. We just talked about that last night yeah, in our life did. group. We were in a couple's <laughs> life group, and that was actually something that rhymes like, I've been working really hard and listening to her feelings and not just fixing it. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I, <laughs>
0: I have a very analytical brain, so I instantly go to, Oh, you just need to do this, 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 this and this. That it's fine. Yeah. So And yeah.
1: speaking of life groups, we actually have a blended family life group here at Celebrate and um they watch our podcast and then discuss it as a group. So I'm super excited for them to listen to this episode and Yay. yeah, to listen to you. Yeah. So well, I just want to say yay for small groups because
2: that was a huge deal for my husband and I in the early years, being a part of a small group that was a blended family group and listening to how others did life and what was going on in their home. And I could sit there and think, oh, so we're not crazy. It's happening in their home too. (laughs) Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: So I love that. That's so great.
0: That's so great. Well, Gayla, as we wrap up here, uh, we just have three questions that we like to ask all of our guests, just kind of rapid fire. First of all, what's what's your marriage why? Why is marriage important to you?
2: Well, I think that God created marriage. And so we want to believe that it was important to Him. So mm-hmm. it should be important to us. And also marriage is a way that God grows us up in relationship with others. Because we have to figure out how to get along with others who are different than us. Who might create tension for us. <laughs> And you know the fruits of the spirit, man. We we got to figure out how to display those in this marriage. And so I think God uses marriage to do that—to grow us, to
1: disciple us, for sure. Absolutely. We we laughed only because we were just talking (laughs) again at life group about how we are like total opposites. Yeah. But I think that's what makes it. Yeah. It's a a growth journey too, and it makes it beautiful.
0: All right. Best date night. Best date night.
2: Gosh. Well, you know, when you've been married 28 years, there's been a lot of dates. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I would have to think back when we had all our kids at home. And so date night was very special because to get out of the house and just have some time for he and I, and we would set boundaries around our dates. So no talking about the kids, no talking about the former spouse, Mm. um, kind of creating vision together so dreaming together so i can yeah. think about things that yeah. <clears throat> when we would go on date night and, and at one particular time when when Randy was struggling in his job and we were kind of talking about okay well what's on down the road what what else do we want to consider here and we just had some really good heart to heart heart to heart talk about What is important to us? Do we want to—do we feel we have to stay here because of our kids? Are we willing to relocate if your job takes us somewhere else? So I think it would just center around the fact that we had some good heart-to-heart conversation that was creating vision for us and dreams for us as a couple, not just the family. Because the kids grow up and leave home. I mean, our— We want to work our way out of a job as a parent, really. Mm. They're not meant to stay in our house forever. And so you want to be sure then that that marriage relationship is still strong when that happens. Sure.
0: So good. Yeah. And Gayla, after 28 years, what's bringing you joy in your marriage right now?
2: Oh, y'all, I have the best husband. So I just (laughs) have to tell you, I had a horrific fall three months ago today. And it had multiple breaks and my right arm ended up having to have surgery and a plate and seven screws put in. And my my right, my right hand, which I am right-handed. And so it really set me up for a hard, hard season. I was in a cast for six weeks, then I was in a brace for six weeks. I'd just gotten it off. And my husband was an amazing caregiver. You never know how guys are going to handle situations (laughs) like that. I mean, I I don't mean that bad, but it's just usually the women are the nurturers and the caregivers. And I was in a position that I desperately needed him in so many ways. And I just really saw him come alongside me and in a way that I didn't expect, if you want to know the truth. And so that has brought me joy. And in our empty nest, I think we just continue to say we want to grow old together. So yeah. let's let's figure out what that looks like
1: for us. That's awesome. That's so good. that's so great, yeah. Gaila. Thank you for being a guest on our show today. This has been such a blessing for us and for our listeners. And we would just love to know where can we keep up with you and Family Life Blended.
2: Yeah, so we are on social media, familylifeblended.com is our website, but then you can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest. And I would say follow, look for our events too. So for instance, Blended and Blessed is in the spring, that in April, the end of April, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So that is an event specifically for blended couples. And it is so fun just to have everybody come together, That the networking part, but then we have great speakers who come in. And talk all about blended issues, and then I mentioned the Women of Blended Family uh, live stream that happens the second Tuesday. So go to the Family Life Blended Facebook page; you'll be able to find all about that. Ron has a podcast that has, gosh, over a hundred episodes now, and it is on every topic in blended family life. And you can do a search on whatever topic you might want to t- you might want to learn about. So find the Family Life Blended podcast; it's wherever you find podcasts. And then, um, yeah, just keep up with us. And yeah, what about your book then, too? Step parenting with grace. Step parenting with grace. You can find that on Amazon. That is a devotional book specifically written for blended families. So, and my
1: website is stepparentingwithgrace.com. dot com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been great to you. here. Yes. Yeah, it's been such a great show. And Gayla is coming back to join us on our five-minute Friday. So thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Celebrate Marriage Cast. If you need additional help or resources for your marriage, please join us online at Marriage. We would love to partner with you in that way. And we will look forward to talking to you about positivity with raising kids in a blended family on our five-minute Friday. Have a great week.